The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather today here at Marsh Chapel under the remnants of Hurricane Andrew. We gather in prayer and in worship and in praise of Almighty God. My name is Brother Larry Whitney. I have the privilege of serving as University Chaplain for Community Life here at Marsh Chapel. And I bear you a hearty welcome, whether you are present with us in the nave, listening live on the radio at WBUR 90.9 FM throughout New England, listening live on the internet at WBUR.org, or listening later via the podcast at bu.edu slash chapel. Special word of welcome to our preacher this week, the Reverend Victoria Hart Gaskell, our chapel associate for Methodist students here at Marsh Chapel. Let us stand as we are able in the praise of God.
Let us pray. Lord, we pray that your grace may always precede and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Behold a broken world, we pray, where want and war increase, and grant us, Lord, in this our day, the ancient dream of peace. We dream together the dream of peace as the choir sings our traditional Kyrie, Lord have mercy. Bring, Lord, your better world to birth, your kingdom love's domain, where peace with God and peace on earth and peace eternal reign. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the second book of Kings, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 and 7 through 15. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered, suffered from leprosy. Now the Arameans, on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, "'If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria,' he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, Go then, I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. He went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of garments. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to give death or life that this man 
sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away, saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and he would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. But his servants approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was, wash and be clean? So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Please accept a present from your servant. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading responsibly verses from Psalm as well as the Antiphon. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glories of his name. Give him to glory for his praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great power, your enemies cringe before you. All the earth worships you. They sing praises to you. Sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds among mortals. He into dry land. They passed through the river of foot. There we rejoiced in him, who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on, our, on the nations. Let the rebellious not exalt themselves. Our God, O peoples, who has kept us among the living and has not let us let our fleet slip. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. People right over our heads. We went through the fire in our world. Take this place. Please rise as you are able for the singing of the Glory Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord, Jesus Christ, according to the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Glory to you, O Lord. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, 
Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. The word leprosy in the Bible refers to more than one type of skin disease, not just Hansen's disease that we commonly think of as leprosy. But all the biblical diseases under that name are similar in that they are fearful diseases. They are thought to be highly contagious. They cause physical disfigurement to greater or lesser degree and they cause afflicted persons to be banned from society until they can prove themselves healed. The two leprosy stories in our scriptures this morning seem fairly straightforward and turn out well. Naaman and the ten lepers are healed. However, as theologian and disability activist Sharon V. Betcher has pointed out for us before, the healing stories in the Bible are not only, or not even, about healing. They are social commentary and teaching stories as well. As we are invited to explore further the story of Naaman, for instance, we note that he is a man of power and wealth. He has access to captured Israelite children and is able to give a young girl to his wife as her servant. He has other servants himself. When he wants to give a gift, he is able to give away 10 sets of garments, 756 pounds of silver, and 151 pounds of gold. Pretty nice present. His success in life has come from the favor of his king. As commander of the Aramean army, Naaman has won a great victory over the army of Israel in one of the series of border wars and raids that Aram and Israel conduct against each other. The king of Aram is pleased, of course, but see how the writer of 2 Kings phrases the victory. It is by Naaman that the Lord had given victory to Aram. This is the first sign that this is not just a healing story. It is also a story about the reach of God's power through all lands, and all kinds of people, even an Aramean general. And through a captive servant girl. She is the one who tells Naaman's wife about the prophet Elisha, who can cure Naaman of his leprosy. And Naaman's wife tells Naaman. It is a measure of Naaman's desire to be rid of the disease that he listens. 
female captive foreign children and wives of the time, did not usually sway the decisions of rich, powerful commanders of men, especially when they suggest that the commander go to see a foreign prophet whose God did not even give the people a victory. But Naaman not only listens to them, he goes to his king to ask a favor. The king of Aram, who after all wants his servant Naaman at his best, not only gives him permission to go to the foreign prophet, but smooths his way with a letter of introduction to the king of Israel. So Naaman takes his gold and silver and garments and horses and chariots and servants and letter and makes the trip to Elisha's house. He expects to deal with a professional prophet, like those in Aram. They control their prophecy. They are able to say and do as they choose, and they have a responsibility to please their betters. Instead, Naaman gets Elisha, who does not even come out to greet him or put on a show. Instead, he sends a messenger to tell Naaman to wash seven times in the Jordan. Naaman is so insulted that he mishears what the messenger says and thinks that Elisha only is offering him a ritual cleansing. But his servants, who were not in a rage and who were able to listen to the messenger properly, convince Naaman to do what Elisha instructed. Again, it is a measure of Naaman's desire to be rid of his leprosy that he does listen and changes his rage and his mind in front of his servants and his military personnel. He washes, according to the word of the man of God. Naaman is healed. So he is no longer disfigured and no longer isolated. But this is not just a healing story. It is a story of conversion as well. Because of his need, Naaman has converted his power, wealth, and position into a position of acceptance of help and advice. Help and advice that comes from the most unlikely people. A female captive child, his wife, his servants, a disrespectful foreign prophet, all of whom who had to manage him up to get him into the water. And at the last, he makes a final conversion to belief in the God of Israel as the God of all the earth. For the writer of 2 Kings, Naaman is not just healed, he is made truly whole. And it doesn't end there. Later in 2 Kings, there is the story of how the king of Aram, who now knows about Elisha, realizes that Elisha is working to advise the king of Israel. Because of what Elisha does in a certain situation, so that there is no loss of life for the Arameans, the king of Aram stops the border wars and raids against Israel. There are many kinds of healing and of conversion. As we are invited to explore our second story, we notice that all ten of the lepers address Jesus as master. They do, in fact, obey him when he tells them to go to the priest, And it is in that obedience that they are healed in the going, before they even reach the priest. But nine of them, who we assume from the stories were Jews, did not turn back. 
Only one of them did, and he was a Samaritan. Not only a foreigner, but someone considered by Jews to worship wrong. Yet he praises God loudly, falls on his face before Jesus, and thanks Jesus for his healing of body and his restoration to society. The other nine may have been cured of their leprosy, but the Samaritan is not only healed. He is a foreigner who worships wrong, exemplifies true faith, faith in Jesus and in the God of Jesus' power. A better translation would have Jesus say, have, say to him that his faith does not just make him well, his faith saves him. In his obedience, but even more in his conversion to praise and gratitude for God's gift, he is an example of the true disciple, of one who is truly whole. <clears throat> Our theme for the fall here at Marsh is conversation. Conversation involves both speaking and listening from all parties involved. Who is invited to take part in the conversation is also an important point. In conversations about conflict transformation, for instance, one of the best practices is to notice who has not been invited. This is because if some of the people involved in the conflict are not in the conversation, their insights will be missed. <clears throat> or, and perhaps even more importantly, the uninvited will be angry about their exclusion, and so the conflict will continue even if the invited people come to an agreement. This is especially true in conversations about the diseases of our time, fearful things that can disfigure our minds and souls, if not our bodies. We all know the categories, race, sex, class, economic status, gender preference, climate change, body type, war, normality, religion. Diseases that can have us isolate ourselves from one another in barricaded ideological and social compounds, lest we be contaminated by ideas of change and inclusion. Some of us now, in our country and in some of our faith traditions, including my own, some of us actually find it is easy and acceptable to make others figurative lepers to consider them the cause of our diseases, to castigate them as not normal, wall them out, persecute their faith as wrong, take away or try to take away their agency and freedom, love them only to a certain point in the name of God, deny our shared humanity with them. No conversation at all with these outcasts, no talking, no listening. Naaman and the people around Jesus were instead invited by God to expand their conversation, to listen as well as talk. They were invited to listen enough to take good advice and good example from those who were the most unlikely people to have it to offer. But when they did listen and acted on what they had heard, they were not just healed of their dis-ease. They were converted to a new relationship with God, with themselves, and with their neighbors. 
The stories of Naaman and the thankful Samaritan invite us to expand our conversations too. Not just with the rich and powerful or with each other, but those who we might consider most unlikely. Marginalized people, foreigners, whoever that is for us, people whose allegiances or worship we might think are wrong, those we might consider the help, people who don't take us as seriously as we think they should. Conversation sounds simple, but it might not be easy. It probably depends on the measure of our desire to be rid of our dis-ease. On the other hand, in conversation with those who are different from us, we might just find some good advice or a good example. We might find some healing, some wholeness, some praise and some gratitude, some truer discipleship. We might find ourselves converted to a new way of being with God, with ourselves, with our neighbors. Before our diseases disfigure our minds, souls, bodies, and completely cut us off. Before our diseases kill us and the rest of creation. Conversation, even with the most unlikely people, is possible. Thanks be to God, who gives us this chance to be whole. May we choose to accept it and act on it, to talk and listen with one another, with praise and thanksgiving. Amen.
please be seated. As we come to a time in our service where we lift our prayers to God as a community, I invite you to remain seated, to come to the altar rail, to stand, and to be in a spirit of prayer as the choir leads us in our call to prayer. Lead me, Lord. You search us and know us, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. We come before you restless this morning, God, and we seek rest and refuge in the shadow of your wings. Scripture tells us that we are your beloved children, created in your sacred image, and we are all called to honor that sacred image in all people. When our words and our actions do not live up to this highest calling, we fall short of your glory and fall into sin. When those who would seek earthly authority speak and act in ways that do not live up to this highest calling, and when we do not speak out, our earthly institutions fall short of your kingdom and fall into sin. As Wendell Berry wrote, there are no unsacred places. There are only sacred places and desecrated places. All creation is yours, God, and you have called it good. Even when we think that our words and actions in secret places don't need to be the same as our words and actions in public places, we know that you, God, see in secret. May our lives model your will for us. Give us the strength to speak and act with integrity so that we never desecrate the ground upon which we tread. And when our words and actions in public places do not reach the hopes that we harbor in the secret places of our hearts, we are grateful that we are saved by your grace, O God, and not by our ability to live as we would hope. We repent, O Lord, for those moments when we sin in thought, word, and deed, for what we have done and what we have left undone. Forgive us, O God, and create clean hearts in us, Put right spirits in us. Give us the strength to speak the truth that women are people created in your sacred image. Gay people are people created in your sacred image. Black and brown people are people created in your sacred image. We do not owe respect to others because they are our sisters, mothers, wives, but because they are your kin, God, and we are all your children. We are confident in these things, God, and bold to pray because our Jesus, brother Jesus taught us how, saying, Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Marsh Chapel, whether you are sitting in the nave here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue or listening on National Public Radio 90.9 WBUR or later via the podcast. Welcome. Whether you are black, brown, or white, gay, straight, or somewhere in between, you are welcome in this place. We want to get to know you and help you to get to know this community better. If you listen from afar, send us an email at chapel at bu.edu or consider joining us in person when you're able. If you're in the nave, join us for coffee hour on the lower level of the chapel following the service. Get to know someone new today. Another way to get to know someone is by use of the red pads in the pews. Fill in your name and learn the name of your neighbor and greet them by name after the service today. A few brief announcements. Because of the federal holiday, the chapel offices will be closed on Monday. And while Tuesday is a BU Monday for classes, the chapel's usual Tuesday programming will take place. I call to your attention two programs featured in the bulletin today. The first is Painting in the Spirit, happening on Friday, October 14th at 7 p.m. in the Marsh Room downstairs. You're welcome to join the Global Ministries Department for a two-hour-long spiritual painting class. You can learn about painting as a devotional practice, enjoy some food, and put paint to canvas. Those with no painting experience and well-practiced artists are both encouraged and welcome. Space is limited, so reserve your spot today. You can contact Chaplain Jessica Chica after the service or send her an email at jchica at bu.edu. The second event is the Women's Gathering happening next Sunday, October 16th 
at 12.30 to 2 p.m. at the deanery. All women of the Marsh community are invited to lunch and a program uh, in the home of Jan Hill at 96 Bay State Road. The speaker will be Professor, Vir Professor Virginia Sapiro, the former dean of the College of Arts and Sciences, now teaching political science. She'll speak about issues concerning the presidential election, come for fun, fellowship, and food for thought. If you'd like to RSVP, please contact chapel at bu.edu. For a complete list of programs and events, check the chapel website, www.bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. And now as the ushers wait upon us, we remember it is both a joy and a discipline to be a giver.
gracious God, healer of our hearts, accept these gifts and offerings presented before you today. Grant that they may be used to wash the wounds of this world and your creation within it. May they bring healing to those who need it. In the name of your Son and Holy Spirit, amen. And now, beloved, let us go from this place in peace, supported by the great academic virtue of curiosity and the great spiritual virtues of praise and thanksgiving, to talk with one another, to listen with one another, for our lives, for the li our lives with God, and for our lives with our neighbors. In the name of that God who makes us who loves us, who keeps us in everything. Amen. <laughs> 